Well, what's up and welcome to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. Today, I have two people from Vayner Media. I have Haley Grant back. Haley is VP Strategy Lead of Vayner Consulting, although a little update coming our way in a second. And I also have superstar senior strategist, Olyinka Ajibola. And we're talking about trends in our series this week. We're publishing a whole bunch of episodes where people get to share five trends in 25 minutes. Haley and Olyinka are up to the challenge. But first of all, Haley, do your little PSA about your title change. What's going on? Hey, everything's going great. I'm a VP of strategy and only Inca is a senior strategist, but Vayner's doing a fun little thing for 2023 and we're actually adding a title to our strategists' titles. I'll be a VP of strategist and a post-creative strategist. For those of you who've never heard the phrase or don't know, post-creative strategist is a, is a big move because we're believers in the power of strategy after you've posted something in the market. In the age of digital and social media, it's more important than ever to be listeners as much as you strategize in theory. And so officially, we are just adding it to our titles. To be clear, is it post hyphen creative as in after creative or is it like post creative as in after you post, in which case should it be called post posting creative? <laughs> post posting creative. That might be more accurate. And in true Vayner style, I'll say yes, because it should be after the creative and after the post listening from the community and learning and bringing that back into your creative strategy. I got to say, when I was at McCann Erickson about 15 years ago in Sydney, and we had this little moment in some of the agencies there, because they're not as big as they are in the US, where I wanted community management at the heart of the account planning function. And based on like the little interactions, we would then graduate what works, which was really common in the blogosphere back then. We were always talking about it, like you post 10 things and one of them does well. So you turn that into a thousand word article and then one of 10 of those 1000 word articles does really well. So you write a book, right? And that's pretty much the principles behind what you're talking about here with this title change, right? Exactly. And I'm so happy that you've reintroduced blogosphere into my vocabulary. I'm going to use it three times this week. We're going to go through five trends that you've documented in the Vayner Constellation, a 2023 trends forecast. We're going to hear from Haley first, break down the trend. I'm going to give you a question. And Olyinka, if you want to jump in on Haley's trend, you can. And then we're going to hear from you. Haley, trend number one. What should we be paying attention to this year? First trend today we're going to talk about is New Americana, which is exactly what it sounds like. The official definition is that traditional American ideals and aesthetics are being remixed and reclaimed by others that typically didn't have them before. So. Gen Z, marginalized communities, but it really is about accurately reflecting diversified identity that every American can take pride in. So specifically, think about the rise of Carhartt workwear as fashion. Think about the Gantt, which is a very popular high fashion brand, and Wrangler doing a heritage sportswear Americana collection. And think about the incredible and meteoric rise of artists like Orville Peck, who is a left of center country act, and Willie Jones, who is a black country rap artist, and even drag queens like Trixie Mattel, who have become known for that Western meets East Coast meets liberal point of view. And it's just important because as we think about the aesthetics that are going to be popular the music that's going to be popular, who drives Ford pickup trucks in 2023, the new Americana is just going to get a boost of 
relevance and popularity among groups that typically haven't embraced the y'all yee lifestyle. It is funny. You mentioned Carhartt. That was in my mind. Carhartt was kind of big in various parts of the world in the 1990s through rave and, and rap. And I was back in Australia recently, and it's still being sold pretty prominently in a bunch of places. And I don't see it sold in the same way in New York. Maybe it's in the corner of Burlington or something like that. So it's, it's interesting. What I think I'm hearing is this new Americana means taking something that is maybe, maybe stereotypically American and mixing it with something that's newly American. Right. Just to give it a simple definition, because I, I struggle with overly intellectual stuff. But is that a fair definition? I think it's a fair definition. It's traditional American with new American making a whole new Americana. Who's doing it well? Is there a brand that's doing it well? A brand that's doing it well. I would definitely say Wrangler and Levi's are both hitting because they come from the old Americana. So it's very easy for them to introduce new Americana elements. When I think about brands that I want to do a new Americana really well this year, it's brands like Ford, who have the roots but haven't figured out how to use them in a modern way yet. Or even brands like Pepsi, who have roots in America, but things like that haven't typically been a part of their brand narrative. What I'm always interested in is, is trends are often cool because the people finding them are interested in cool things. And then I think the question is, well, what kind of brand would this apply to? New Americana and banks. You've got banks as clients, right? Finance clients like New Americana and banks. How might that work? Oh, I love that question. Super meaty. I am also thinking about the fact that there are elections coming up this year. Am I this right, right? Which country are you talking about, Haley? Are you being America-centric or US-centric? As in South America, you can't say America, by the way, because it's America's. Are you being US-centric there, Haley? I think I'm being a little US-centric. And when we think about the ways that North American or the United States patriotism is going to be used in conversations, in news media, it's really interesting when you start thinking about brands like financial institutions and higher education, what it means to be a patriot. I think this trend will allow people to have a little bit more of a playground, a bit more of a sense of humor than something that feels like bald eagle, American flag, screeching in the background, patriotism that has, has kind of owned the Americana conversation for some time in, in the United States. Ola Yinka, trend number two. Generationless or genderless, which we just decided to update the name there. So think about this, right? This is the convergence of generations amongst friends, families, business owners, and collaborators, breaking down the stereotypes of what defines a generation from another. Plenty of us have seen that grandparents are on the rise in social. Like they have become the icons of social media and now we're seeing an embrace from younger audiences taking on the qualities and embracing the lifestyles or the advice that their grandparents actually have to say. And it's been really cool to kind of see how that has evolved. I believe that we're probably going to start to see like brands figure out ways to embrace that. One of the things that we also have seen is like Gen Z embraces dad shoes and like the rise of dad culture becoming like normal. And that is continuing to kind of take shape. And it had, there's so much more in Haley. I know that you have a lot more other examples that, um, like examples and signals that relate to this constellation specifically. But like those two always stand out to me because it's kind of like, how did we get here? But I'm here for it at the same time. There's two signals that I think are just amazing gen-less signals. One is the attention that grandmates have got. So this is a grandparent 
and their grandkid living together. And it's the first place that the grandkid lives after college or even a grandparent that might not even be your biological grandparent. It's just an older person who wants companionship. We're seeing a rise in these generations living together. And then something that's kind of just fun in the brand world is Kith, a hypey streetwear brand known for being the king of cool, partnered with Jerry Seinfeld this year. And we saw like Jeff Goldblum walking for Prada. And what that is signaling to us is that like the age is no longer the cost of entry to cool, but rather your values. And we're getting a little less hung up on generation. Ali Yinka, what is dad culture? <laughs> Am I good at it? Am I top 10 at it? Listen, do you have new balances? Do you have a bear or possibly a cup of coffee watching the lawn in the morning? Or are you making really bad dad jokes and hoping that everyone would laugh with you? It's one of those knee slappers. It's kind of like the essence of dad culture. And also you're okay with wearing like those khaki pants. And so are the kids now. So <laughs> this is where we're going. I knew New Balance would come up. No, like I got into New Balance early before that was a dad thing, right? The owner of New Balance made some comments about the world and put money behind certain people a few years ago. And so no more New Balance for this dad. That's all I'm saying, Olyinka. What do you call that? It's like revenge dad culture. I love that you go there because that would take me to the next constellation, but I'm going to hold off on that. Just do it. No, you set yourself up like the ball. Trend number three, what is it? Revenge living. We actually already saw the spike of this happen a little bit after the first wave of the pandemic, but we're really starting to see it take off right now. People are saying, okay, we hear you. The economy's bad, but I'm still going to spend this money. I don't really care. And then you also have people that are like, you know what? You're telling me to wear a mask. Everything is bad for me. It's okay. I'm still going to go out there and not wear a mask. Or you have people who are saying instead of choosing like certain food options, they're opting to go the vegan route and still transforming those foods and making it taste the way that they want it to. We're going to continue seeing this evolve over time. And it's going to be really great to see how brands take this on and kind of help people accelerate this lifestyle of living in a state of revenge. Uh, smart person. Hey. Pull your mind out of those time sheets for a second and take a look at the Sweathead website. We have three membership levels, starter mode, flight mode, and beast mode. They give you access to a variety of strategy masterclasses, conferences, accelerators, and online learning, some of which has been known to make people cry because they like it, they like it, they feel seen. Make the most of your mind this year or any year and visit www.sweathead.com today. Now back to the interview. Do, 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 do. Revenge Living is also putting a lot of people into debt with talk of recession. That door could hit people on the way out pretty aggressively. And so brands probably have to be pretty careful with this trend, right? Yes, they would have to be careful with this trend. And because a lot of us do appreciate transparency, like if they acknowledge that like, hey, you might not want to take this risk, but you might want to take the risk or like, Finding the middle ground to help them live in revenge, but also not go beyond their means or go too far off the edge, if that makes sense. I think there's still a lot that might be tricky for brands to figure out. But I think, Kaylee, like, what do you think might be the opportunity for brands here and like to safely embrace revenge living? It could also just be as simple as a tweet, right? Exactly. Revenge living is simply delicious when I think about using it this year for brands. You could definitely go the route of being like, 
F it all and spend your money and like live your dreams. The pandemic is over. I think we've seen that piece of it. But when I think about using revenge living attitude against insanely practical things like having a sparkly clean shower because you use Windex bathroom cleaner. Or if you think about taking your kid to the convenience store for the first time and letting them use their allowance money to pick out any piece of candy they want on the wall and applying revenge living attitude towards them buying a Reese cup. Kill me now. It's the cutest commercial I will see on TV this year. I'm so excited for it. So I think it's like sometimes you lean into a trend. Sometimes you buck a trend and go against it. So that's great for financial institutions who might need to buck against revenge living. And then there's sometimes that you transform it and you take the attitude of the trend and you apply it to a completely unrelated or seemingly unrelated situation. That makes sense. Can you each give me one example of revenge living that you've done? Give me one example. Ali Yinka, you go first. Taking a trip, even though, you know, we're trying to buy a house, but you know what? Let's do it anyway. Let's live our best lives because we only got right now. Love it, Haley. I hope my mom's not going to listen to this podcast. Maybe she will, but... I hope she does. I smoked three cigarettes in the garage last week. Don't tell anyone. Isn't that basically a Dutch oven? I think so. I'm literally imagining you in the garage with three cigarettes in your mouth. <laughs> unnecessary smoke, maybe fire alarms going off, Dutch oven. There's Haley. You basically, you know, you talk about New Americana, Haley as a garbage pail kid. Yes, please. Have you seen, um, I forget what they're called, but certain smoking shops and institutions in the city sell a smoking device that you can drag on and that lets you smoke three cigarettes at the same time. So this is a real thing, Mark. You envisioned it. It's real. It could be, but I'm not alone. Cigarette sales are up this year in a really unhinged way in the United States. So I would I would say that's a little bit of revenge living. Awesome, awesome. And hello to Haley's mom. Definitely Haley in Naughty Corner, but preferably not in an unsupervised garage. Hi, mom. I love you. Hello, Yinka. You have trend number four. Trend number four is a fun one, which is in my book, Rising as well. And this is a no publicist energy. Think about all the ways that people have always constantly tried to make their feeds look super perfect and live a super perfect life and tell the best and great stories and have no room forever. This is a backlash of the hyper-conscious correlation of aesthetics and feeds throughout the peak Instagram era. Doing the most is the only way to live now. So for example, this is very recent. Kiki Palmer introduced, announces her pregnancy in the most loudest way that she possibly could. Her first time ever going on the SNL stage and announcing, I am having a baby. And she does it with so much energy and comedy and in such a way that people definitely were not expecting it. But we're seeing that a lot of these younger artists are kind of saying, you know what? I'm tired of filtering myself. I don't need to come off this one way for me to be a great artist or for me to be accepted. And I'm just going to go and follow the beat of my own drum. And not only are we seeing this within artists and celebrities and influencers, we're everyday people, right? Like even with their reels, they're like me in my real life and actually showing the incidents that happen that might not look perfect or might not have once matched that perfectly curated feed that we all embrace. So this one is no publicist energy. No publicist energy. Now, I could imagine that the Vayner team would 
probably quite enjoy this trend. And I can see it being one of those trends that gets in front of a lot of clients. However, I also know clients, they would really struggle with this. Have you managed to get a client and a brand that you thought really would never come near anything like this to do something like this, to be raw? There's so many. And I've had a lot of like clients that actually cannot and will never go this way. But then we also have clients that are willing, right? Like Wingstop, for example, something crazy happened. And basically they ran out of the chicken sandwiches after it launched. And the team was like, you know what? Let's embrace this. What if we just tweeted F, right? And they're all like, internally, they're kind of like, no, we don't want to do this. We do not want to do this. But we kind of just like just one off, just one time, let us do this. So they tweeted out the word F and everyone was going crazy. This one tweet became one of the most viral tweets of Twitter for that year. And not only that, a bunch of other brands followed suit and continued to tweet the word. And then we also saw that they were able to also use celebrity influence to kind of promote Wingstop as well in a non-publicist energy kind of way. And the name of this artist is literally passing me by right now. But it was really nice because she actually didn't even use the Wingstop image. Like, of her holding the bottle in her first photo in the carousel that she posted on Instagram. But she did it as like the last or the fourth one, which kind of goes against the grain because you would expect her to have posted it first. The artist's name was Lotto. Awesome. Haley, trend number five. Trend number five is called famdom. F-A-M-D-O-M, fandom. Online communities are stronger than ever, and that's making the relationship between celebrities, artists, online influencers, creators, and those that follow them, changing them forever. They are way more two-way. There is a two-way street. There is a more of a dialogue between fans and who they follow. And there's also a new passionate protection and support around them versus fans sort of making demands or feeling betrayed every time an artist or celebrity does something that they don't like. So for example, when BTS decided they were going to to go on break to do personal projects, you would expect the BTS army to be devastated and in therapy and be feeling so betrayed. But instead, what we saw was an incredible outpouring of support for each of the members of BTS, supporting them and asking the press to give them support, space and privacy to pursue their projects, which was just such an incredible example of what fandom can mean. Cameo has grown faster than they expected in the last year, and it has now become a staple of celebrity culture and creating that dialogue. So Cameo, for those who don't know, is an app where celebrities are paid to record personalized messages for people. Anyone from Ice Cube to Snoop Dogg to the Real Housewives of New Jersey. This is really becoming a staple. A24, the production studio, is actually reaching out to their fans to ask them what their fan favorite films and actors are to support the movies that they choose and the actors that they select in their movies next year. And a little bit of the rewatching podcast. So when we think about Boy Meets World getting a reboot or the talk about Lizzie McGuire getting a reboot, that entire fan group that comes back comes to the internet to the support of that 
show or that story and creates like a ton of protection and support for the entities that they love. Yeah, I love A24 is consistently banging out some good stuff, different kinds of faces from what we're traditionally used to. I love Minari. I mean, so much of what A24 does is amazing. I want you to explain one thing that your boss has actually been on record talking about. And I know a lot of other people have said something similar. The word community has become a bit of a verbal tick in the past few years. There's a difference between an actual community and an audience or a community and quote unquote consumers. Can you vicariously explain the way that your company and your boss, Gary Vee, talk about the difference there? Community is definitely a word that gets thrown around a lot. Something that we say internally at our company is meaningful community and knowing the difference between those. Now, you could get really tactical and as strategists, you might define meaningful community as understanding who in your follower and commenter group participates consistently gives thoughtful feedback, and wants to speak to other people who are in the communities. When we think about the value that brands and celebrities and shows can provide back to the communities of support, the value add is is sort of the biggest point within our halls anyway, in terms of what dialogue are you having and what are you giving back to a community. For those who don't know, Gary Vaynerchuk runs VaynerMedia, and he has a separate project called vFriends. It's a series of 200 plus characters. It's an IP creative pursuit, but it's all about what he calls incredible, meaningful community. So for example, anyone who bought one of the characters NFTs was invited to a conference in Minnesota last year, and the conference was completely dedicated to adding value, bringing people together who were in the vFriends community, and then doing something good for Minnesota, where the conference was located. And so it was about teaching the community who had just come in from vFriends to give back to the communities in which they are physically. So there is something about mutual support and mutual benefit that's going to become incredibly important. For people listening, I know there is within account planning, especially in the UK, within account planning and strategy departments, some cynicism towards people like Gary Vee and Simon Sinek. I'll tell you what, take what you can, take what's useful and move on. Don't need to be posting about these people all the time. They're out here building and this is what the US is about. And unless you move here, you don't understand the energy you have to build. You're not born into like a class system in the, in the same structured way as you are in the UK. Take what you need and move on. Just want to put that in there. All right. Haley, if people want to find the Vayner Constellation, the 2023 trans forecast by Vayner, where can they find it? It will be coming to a LinkedIn newsletter near you. You can follow VaynerMedia on LinkedIn and stay tuned. We will be having a Constellations recap there and then a much deeper dive. If you are working for a brand, of course, hit us up because we build entire all-day workshops around the Constellations that help people understand how to activate against them and not just in big planning Super Bowl commercials. What do you do tomorrow on your Instagram page against no publicist energy, for example. So, all right, quick recap. We heard top five trends from Haley Grant and Oli Yinka Ajibola as follows one, new Americana, two, gen less, three, revenge living, four, no publicist energy, and five, fam dom. Get at it, friends. Thank you so much to both of you for being here on Sweathead today. Happy 2023, both of you. And to you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Peace.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Sweathead. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend, subscribe to our newsletter, find us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Sweathead. And if you're interested in finding out about our strategy, memberships, company training or books, visit sweathead.com. Whoop, whoop.